Today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. Building in Faith. God put you where you are and He gave you the brains that you have and He gave you the abilities that you have. And recognize that everything that you have, you're going to be accountable to God for. We're going to give account of our life to God. This man is not even thinking about God. He's having a discussion with himself. God reads the heart. God knows what's inside of us. He knows our thoughts. Reaching up high with arms open wide we see You're changing our lives so we can be our hands and Greed is a sin that distracts and keeps us from fully realizing the miraculous work that God is doing all around us. By following our selfish desires, greed keeps us from living to do the work that He has given us to do. Pastor Ed teaches in today's message that we must recognize everything that we possess in this life is because of God and His work in our lives. By giving Him praise and directing our ways after Him, our lives are testimonies to the good and faithful work He does in this world. Now here's Pastor Ed with part two of today's message entitled, Be Rich Towards God. Building in faith. Who appointed me, a judge or an arbitrator between you? Now, this was probably the younger brother, and he was upset that his older brother, who according to Jewish law, received two-thirds of the inheritance. And somehow, maybe he felt he was being gypped out of his one-third. I've observed over the years that sometimes funerals don't always bring people together. Sometimes they divide people. They fight over the inheritance. Well, I always like that piece of china. I wonder how much that vase is worth. Let me, you know that furniture? I'd like to have that in my house. Uh, You know, on and on, we want, we want, we want, we want, we want. Something happened in this household where they were divided. And while Jesus is speaking, this man makes his way to the front stands up and says, Teacher, settle the dispute in my house. Now, rabbis would settle disputes. They would help people make things right. And so maybe the man was expecting Jesus to fulfill this role of rabbi, but Jesus refused to get involved. The man missed what he was talking about. And sometimes in our culture, we're so captured by wanting things, pursuing a lifestyle, trying to get this and to get that. God speaking to us, and it goes right over our heads, and it never touches our hearts. Jesus warned about that in the parable of the sower and the seed. In Mark chapter 4, he says, The seed that fell among thorns represents others who hear God's word. But all too quickly, the message is crowded out by the worries of this life. 
the lure of wealth and the desire for other things. So no fruit is produced. Sometimes we're so busy climbing up the ladder of success. We're so busy trying to get this and trying to get that and trying to accumulate more and more that we miss the eternal purposes for which we were created, that we miss why we really are here in this life. Jesus gave a necessary warning of greed in a culture that would be equivalent to a third world culture today. They didn't have very much at all. But he warned them against greed. Whether you're rich or whether you're poor, whether you have or you have not, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're exempt from greed, covetousness. You see this necessary warning in verse 15. He said, watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. We measure a person by what they have. How much they have in the bank account. How much is he worth? How much is she worth? We measure them by their social position. Oh, she has this position. He has that position. God doesn't look at any of those things. He looks at the heart. And Jesus says, be on guard against all kinds of greed. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. When greed captures your heart, it's like a vice that holds on and it won't let you go. The more you have, the more you want. You're never quite satisfied. It's like trying to quench thirst with salty seawater. The more you drink, the more thirsty you become. In Colossians, Paul the apostle said, put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Don't be greedy. For a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. Some people have a God other than the God of heaven, even though they call themselves Christians, because they bow down at a God of their own making who's supposed to meet every whim and every desire. And they take their greed to God and say, oh, God, give me this and give me that and give me the other thing. Never understanding the heart of God. Never even thinking about how Jesus lived in this present world. He said, the foxes have holes. The birds of the air have nests. But the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Peter, at the gate, beautiful, at the temple, the chief apostle of the early church says, silver and gold have I none. We must be careful that we don't baptize Christianity in the American culture. The American culture 
should be influenced by Christianity, but oftentimes it's the other way around. It's been said, greed never rests from acquiring of more. It never rests from the acquiring of more. What's life's real purpose? Luke 12, 15. Then he said, watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. Now, remember, he's speaking to this man who's concerned about his inheritance, who's concerned that somehow he's going to get the short end of the stick. Somehow he is going to be wrong, and he wants to make sure he gets what's his. He doesn't care about his relationship with his brother. He doesn't care about his relationship with others. He's not going to take the offense and just go on. Real life is not measured by how much we own. Luke chapter 12, verses 16 and 19. I'd like you to put the text up on the screen. Now notice, I'm going to read through the parable. It's short. The ground of a certain rich man produced a good crop. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place for my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And I will store all my grain and my goods. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of good things laid up for many years. Take like Eve, easy. Eat, drink, and be married. Notice. How many times? He says, I, my. He has this monologue with himself. He had a great miracle from God. A miracle of abundance. Good weather, sun shining, rain coming, ground producing, bumper crop. And he takes that miracle and he spends it on himself. He thinks about no one else. Sure. He was a hard worker. You could see on this farmer's hands his calluses. You could see on his hands years of hard work. Sure, he was a good saver. He was a good businessman. Anybody in the community knew that. But still, everything we have is a gift from God. Everything we have belongs to him. And we must recognize that we're stewards. And this man took everything and used it on himself and thought about himself and contemplated about himself. And he wasted a miracle. God put you where you are and he gave you the brains that you have and he gave you the abilities that you have. And recognize that everything that you have, you're going to be accountable to God for. We're going to give account of our life to God. This man is not even thinking about God. He's having a discussion with himself. God reads the heart. God knows what's inside of us. He knows our thoughts. He knows the conversations that we have with ourselves. 
As you're driving the car on Route 9 or Spack and Kill Road, you talk to yourself or maybe in the shower or wherever you are. He knows and he hears those conversations that are going on between you and yourself. Here's this man not thinking about others. His barns are large. He stuffs all he can get in there and he realizes this bumper crop means They won't go in there anymore. So instead of spreading the blessing out, he says, I'm going to tear these barns down and build bigger ones and just put it all in there. Life is not about acquiring more and more and more and more and more. An older man talking to a young man who was just starting out And he said, what do you want to do in life? He said, well, I'm going to get a good apprenticeship. And then, well, I'm going to get a good job, paying good money. And then, well, I'll get a family and build my family and make a lot of money. And then, well, retire. And then, well, I guess die. And then came the pointed question, and then, and then, and then. When we stand before God, what is he going to say? I'm thankful for Pastor Lou Iannone. He loved the Lord. I remember talking about Lou, and he invested his life enriches towards God as well as wisely tried the plan for the future. But I remember just months ago in my office, he talked about retirement and his investments and what he's going to do. I remember my mom talking about retirement and the money that she was going to save and try to put away. My mom never got to enjoy retirement. Pastor Lou never really did retire. You don't know what tomorrow holds. We have no guarantees. And to spend our lives on ourselves is the greatest of all folly. To spend it wisely for God is the greatest of all wisdom. Now, I'm not saying that we shouldn't plan. We should plan. But plan with God's guidance. This man doesn't mention God, doesn't thank God, doesn't think of anybody else. Don Robinson said, one of the weaknesses of our age is the inability to distinguish needs from greeds. Picture with me. The day's over. The farmer sits down. Wonderful. Those new barns are completed. All my grain will fill into those new barns. I'm going to be able to sit back now, retire, and enjoy all the years ahead. I've done a pretty good job. Knock on the door comes. He doesn't even have to get up. All of a sudden, he senses a presence in the room. 
And he said, who are you? I'm the angel of death. Wait a minute. You gave me no warning. I'm not prepared for this. No, I, I gave you some warning. Remember your friend that died? Remember the relative? Remember the neighbor? Uh, didn't you read the obituary last week? No, I, I, I warned you. Now, now, now listen. Um, can't we make a bargain on this here? I, I'll give you half of all I have. If you'll just spare my life, give me a few more years. And the death angel begins to count. One, two, three, four. Wait, 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 wait. I'll give you the whole thing. Everything. I'll start all over again. Just give me a few more years. I'm just not ready to die. Six. Seven, eight, nine, ten. He's gone. His wife comes down the next day, finds him slumped over his desk with all of the math figures and all of the accounting figures just lying on top of them. He's dead. He's gone. She calls the preacher. They set the service up. The rabbi comes and speaks nice things. Oh, he was a hard worker. He'd be working 24-7. You should see the calluses on his hands. And he faithfully gave to the synagogue. And, and, and yes, we, we knew him to be a very frugal man, in fact. Everybody laughed a little, you know. And, well... We're certainly going to miss so-and-so. And some people get up and say some nice things about him. And at the end, they go to the cemetery. They bury him. There's a tombstone. During the night, the angel comes and writes one word over everything. F-O-O-L. Fool, fool, fool. In the scriptures, in the Old Testament, it says, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. No, he didn't verbalize that, but he lived that way. He lived like a practical atheist, trying to find security in everything else but God. Sometimes because fear drives us, we're afraid of tomorrow, we're afraid of the future, so we try and stockpile things, thinking that that's going to somehow secure us against some day of disaster. Instead of trusting in God and God alone. Listen to the words of the psalmist. Psalm 39, 5 to 7. You have made my life no longer than the width of my hand. My entire lifetime is just a moment to you. At best, each of us is but a breath. 
We are merely moving shadows and all our busy rushing ends in nothing. We heap up wealth not knowing who will spend it. And so, Lord, where do I put my hope? My hope is in you. This past week, I went to the Vanderbilt mansion and had a tour of the mansion. And they talked about Frederick Vanderbilt and how many millions of dollars that he left when a million dollars was a lot of money. One of the richest men in the world. And he, he didn't leave money to his children. He was upset with some of them. And as you look at the whole Vanderbilt clan, well, they're average people like you and me, most of them, with all of that wealth. And the government took a good deal of the inheritance. I forget if it was about half of the inheritance or more. 42 million at that time back in 1938. That was a lot of money. And those mansions that they built, a trophy of their power, a trophy of their splendor, trying to say, we've made it. All those big mansions, they wind up tearing down in New York City as obsolete so they could build bigger and better buildings. Only what you build for God lasts. It does, it does, it does. And I'm not talking about a physical building, but I'm talking about building and investing in people. A good novel for the church in America might be a tale of too much or supersize me. I pray that our hearts would be concerned with those who have needs, that as we go forward in Christ, we would not live for ourselves, but we would live for others, that at the heart of who we are, we'll be concerned about missions, we'll be concerned about those that are hungry, we'll be concerned about a third of the world that is literally starving today. We forget that we're interconnected in this global village. That we have a moral and spiritual responsibility to help other people. It's not about ourselves. It's about God. It's about doing his will. He taught us to pray. Give us this day our daily bread. You can't pray the Lord's prayer and say mine. You have to say our. You have to use a plural pronoun. And we pray for daily bread. Give us. Well, who are you supposed to be feeding off of your table? Who are you supposed to be helping out of your paycheck? Who are you supposed to be giving to from the abundance that God has given to you? God help us. 1 Timothy 6, 7, and I close. For we brought nothing into this world, and it's certain, it's certain, it's certain, underline it. We 
can take nothing out. Well, that's all the time we have for today's edition of Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones of Faith Assembly in Poughkeepsie, New York. There's more to come from Pastor Ed's teaching through the Gospel of Luke. We encourage you to download today's message again to review. Simply log on to buildinginfaithradio.com and select today's date from the Building in Faith media player. Again, that's buildinginfaithradio.com. Maybe today's message brought a family member or friend to mind. You can share today's message via Facebook and Twitter by simply logging on to buildinginfaithradio.com and clicking on today's date. There, you'll find all the options to share. Now, we'd like to invite you to join us at Faith Assembly for worship on Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. For driving directions and more information, log on to buildinginfaithradio.com and follow the link to Faith Assembly. Or feel free to give us a call at 845-462-5955. That's 845-462-5955. Well, that's all the time we have for today. You've been listening to Building in Faith with Dr. Ed Jones. We invite you to join Pastor Ed as he continues teaching through the Word of God right here on Building in Faith. Hello.